0: What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam, what the hell is going on with Freddie Freeman, Kalal, and we are Atlanta Zone, two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports, wacky ass hijinks, and analysis. Adam, how's it going, sir? It's
1: going well, Graham. It's going very well. Thanks, as always, for asking. As always, it's great to see you. Of course. Fresh out of the shower today. Fresh out of the shower. Looking especially chipper. Oh, yeah. Excited to talk about, you know, three different sports, I would say. Yeah. Atlanta United, their season ended. Their season ended. I watched the playoff game. It was very oh, disappointing. You? Can you yeah. give us a quick recap of that? That's what uh, everybody wants to hear. They scored more than we did. It's 2 nothing, right? Yeah. Yeah, we did nothing. They did a lot more than nothing. So, season over, just like that. Yeah. It's kind of depressing after... Well, not for me, but for some people. Sure. Yeah, so that sport is... I was c- like, what, are you invested now? No, no, no. Because <laughs> you watched one playoff right. game? Um yeah so that's one sport but yeah we got braves to talk today graham we've got falcons of course of course playoff contending falcons in the hunt i always love seeing that when
0: they show all the standings because there's an extra team and everyone's five and six seemingly in the nfc and it's like falcons in the hunt somehow some way
1: sitting here on december 1st in the hunt that's pretty good
0: that's better than we've had in four years or so.
1: Yeah, and we got some Trey, Trey Young and Atlanta Hawks stuff to talk about as well.
0: Yes, the Hawks are finally starting to play better. It's been really nice to see. And I got something that I'm going to talk about with Trey Young that uh, I think is really taking his game to the next level that I don't think a lot of people are talking about. It's just a little tease for you.
1: Wow, I can't wait for that, Graham. Should we start with uh, what's on everyone's mind right now?
0: Yeah, I know. Um, it's it's kind of it's been weird, but, um, you know, we've we, We've complained about this for a while, Adam. Um, and the fan base has complained about this for a while. And somehow, our gutless, lucky, bullshit manager, who's lucked his way into a World Series title, uh, disregarding analytics like that Sports Illustrated article said, has, he's, you know, Brian Snickers, who we're talking about, finally got uh, his, his option exercise for 2024. What, what a disgrace.
1: You need to watch your tone talking about brian snicker graham i understand you're no. joking but i'm just telling you sound clips like that can get you beat up nowadays graham canceled i love brian we all love
0: brian Snitker, <laughs> for christ's sake i was trying to do a bit you ruined the bit but that's fine yes no, brian
1: snicker you can't even
0: bit like that oh anymore. you can't bit like that okay. because
1: i could so easily see you reverting to that kind of talk no
0: the thing is is the man has become a better manager and I don't know how Will Smith got better, but he stuck with him and it worked out. But he's become a better manager. You can you can honestly say he outmanaged Dave Roberts in, in the NLCS. Um, and I'd say he outmanaged uh, everyone else he, he managed against. And particularly, everybody was all over Craig Council saying he's the best manager since sliced bread. Craig Council didn't uh, go with his big horse to try and force a game five. I mean, that was a big thing in, in the
1: NLDS. So here's my question, Graham. Yeah. Two-part question. One, to play into your bit. Is that an actual thing people are upset about on the Twitter? No, I haven't seen anything
0: like okay, that. That's, I was, that's part of the joke of the sarcasm.
1: Got it, got yeah. it. Um, <laughs> good joke. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, point uh, B that I have to say here is I'm surprised that Snicker would want to be extended this far. I don't know, I just like... a. Uh, you think you want to write off in the There was a part thing? of me that would not have been surprised. I mean, I guess once you toil in the minors for, what, like 40-plus years, right. you're probably not going to quit the majors once you get there. But I don't know. You get paid. You get your championship. Like It's got to be tough to like just start over again next year with the grind, you know?
0: Maybe, but I also think it becomes not, 66. not necessarily easier, but I think he's excited about this. He's got to be excited about this core. I mean, how they won the World Series – without Acuna in the playoffs or the majority of the season. So, I mean, he's thinking about all the things that we can do to try to establish this as a real championship dynasty. Not saying it's going to happen, but that's got to be in the back of his mind. He, you know, if I'm him, I want to surpass Bobby Cox as the greatest manager ever. I want to get at least one more ring.
1: Yeah, and that's really probably all it would take. He's not going to catch up to him in division titles or wins or anything like that. Yeah. But, um yeah, second World Series, and your name's on top of that list, for oh, sure. yeah. No doubt. So, yeah, good, good good for SNIT. Yeah. Happy to see it. I uh, can't say it's the extension that I've been holding my breath. For.
0: No. <laughs> that we're still under contract for two more years.
1: And that extension, of course, is Guillermo Heredia.
0: Yeah, that was the one that everybody's been freaking out about. It's been really tough just thinking every day, are we going to have those plastic swords in the dugout or not? And the energy and the big... Oh, the chop thing that they do. You yeah. Know, I'm, I'm doing it, but no one can see me. You guys know if you watched the damn Braves playoffs this year, that little chop they were doing that replaced Mix It Up. Yeah. Heredia's back. $1 million deal, avoids arbitration. Perfectly fine depth piece and great for team chemistry. Yeah,
1: certainly a part of that chemistry, which in all honesty was like, you know, what got us the World Series was the team chemistry. And, you know, it wasn't necessarily the most talented roster on paper, but no. the... uh the parts combined, Graham, made a great hole. Right,
0: and he was instrumental in building that chemistry. Apparently, especially after Pablo Sandoval was traded. So good for Heredia. Um, all right. There's also Kirby Yates, who we'll talk about, Then we'll actually get into the serious discussion that um that we keep bullshitting around. Uh, Kirby Yates signed by the Braves. If you don't know Kirby Yates is or was, he did lead lead the uh, majors in saves in 2019 with 41. Um, and also had a very good year in 2018. Came back down to earth a little in 2020. And then, unfortunately for him, he had to have Tommy John surgery. sat out the entirety of the 2021 season. But the Braves have signed him to, I think, a two-year deal. Yep. or two, three-year deal worth like $8 million. Yeah,
1: $8 million. classic Anthopolis deal, though. Yeah. So he's, <clears throat> he's coming off uh, his second career Tommy John now. Um, remember last year we were about to sign him until the physical came in. They didn't like what they saw from the elbow. Fortunately, we did not sign him. And then the Blue Jays got screwed by signing him. Right. And he was out in spring training. Paid him $5 million to sit on the bench. So because he's still going to be recovering in spring training, we're going to take him slow. And um, the first year, it's only like $1 million guaranteed. And then it jumps to like six or something mm-hmm. in the second year. So pr- pretty smart move where you, you would assume in the, the second year, he'll be fully healthy. Anything that can be done to lengthen the bullpen is important, um,
0: particularly when we know how volatile it can be. I mean, you think about Minter, you know, the roller coaster career he's had. Um, Matzik the same way. Uh, Will Smith was even you know very up and down. Even though I know he he finished strong. Luke Jackson has been either you know you know this year was definitely the best year of his career, but three of the six seasons he was a below replacement reliever. So who the hell knows what's going to happen in that bullpen? So very smart to get a guy who even though he's coming off his second Tommy John surgery, unfortunately, has a, a, you know, a bit of a proven track record and hopefully can bounce back and um, provide the Braves with, with depth and hopefully a high-quality, uh, high-leverage arm at the back of the bullpen. Um, they have said that he's not going to be ready for spring training or the start of the season, so we might not see him until May or June. Still, um, it, it's nice to have him in tow as uh, a as potential really good really good reliever for us.
1: Also brought back your boy, Darren O'Day. I did see that minor league deal. Yeah. So just trying to add that veteran depth. Yeah. You can't have enough pitching in particular. You cannot have enough bullpen pitching as
0: we saw in, uh, especially, you know, the entirety of this year, but particularly in the postseason, how, how important it was to have great relief pitching. So, um, the more relievers, the better pile them on in. Um, all right. Last thing we'll talk about before Freddie Freeman, um, there was the decision, right? What's it called? Arbitration. You either have to tender or non-tender people. Um, people that are on your 40-man roster. Almost everybody of note. Actually, yes, everybody of note was, was tendered uh, a deal. I would say Adam Duvall, Tyler Matzik, Max Fried, Dansby Swanson. Uh, the list goes on. Now, there could be some arbitration hearings in terms of how much they're going to get paid, but at least they were tendered a deal. Now, it's on the players to decide uh, you know, what happens. And then if they want more money, they go to arbitration hearing. Uh, notable person, notable people, I guess, who were not given, were uh, not tendered a deal. Johan Camargo, gone. And so is uh, the guy who we thought was going to be a big boost for our bullpen and was for a little bit. And uh, Richard Rodriguez, he's gone.
1: You mean the guy who you thought should have been our closer?
0: Yeah. After a couple good games? No, no, it was like a couple, it like.
1: He was huge for like a month. Yeah,
0: for like a month after the first month I was like, yeah, throw him in there. You're but-
1: a sabermetrics guy though, Graham. You 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 just got to look at the peripherals. A guy throwing one very hittable fastball, that's not sustainable. No. Yeah. But
0: I mean, you kept thinking of that, but he kept, you know, producing quality innings and then he just especially in
1: September. Last three weeks in September, he was just pathetic. Yeah, it's pretty wild the the drop off. And like he's I, I wouldn't have hated seeing him come back, but I guess he had like a 17 ERA or something ridiculous like that down the stretch, yeah. so it's like, we've, we've seen enough of him. But with him gone, um, Sean Newcomb was tendered Ugh. a contract. So, I mean, he could be cut in spring training still. I'm sure if he, he will be. But it's like, that, that's crazy. He's still hanging on. I don't understand. You would think he would want a fresh start at this point. Yeah, I've
0: seen enough of him to last a lifetime. Um, but all maybe, right. maybe this is
1: Luke Jackson year, though, Graham.
0: It could be his Luke Jackson bounce back here. You never know. He's still a relatively young guy.
1: And then Camargo, of course, was expendable because we also re signed um, Arcia to a two year deal. Right, I saw that. So he'll be our kind of backup utility middle infielder. And, you know, I guess it's a bit of insurance as well because Dansby will not be under contract next year. So if for some reason, we can't come to a deal with Dansby. Arcia is a little bit of insurance, at least. I guess. As a guy who, yeah, I mean, he's not what you want, but, no. you know, he's a guy who's been a major league starter sure. with the Brewers.
0: Um, Adam, let's talk about Freddie Freeman.
1: You want to talk about Freddie first or, or Zuna?
0: Let's talk about Freddie. i okay. will get to Ozuna. Zuna. I guess they can kind of intermingle because I think they kind of affect each other at this point. But Freddie, still a free agent. It's December 1st. The labor stoppage and all that shit could be happening, happening soon.
1: Oh, it's happened.
0: Or it's happened already. So baseball is about to go into a lockout or is going into a lockout as we record this. Message, or a podcast, whatever the hell this is. Correspondence to you users. Message. <laughs> Episode, what have you. Um, so, still a free agent. Guys like John Morrissey, John Heyman have been saying, Freddie's looking for six years, $180 million. Around there, that's what they're hearing. The Braves are not giving him that. Now, I kind of want to explore why that is some level of depth that we're capable of. doesn't have to be too in-depth, but just let's look, try to look at it from all sides. Let's talk about what we think. Let's just
1: get into this. Well, first of all, Graham, so you said John Heyman said this, and he said, what, six years, $180 million? Something like that. As we've learned on this podcast, this message, as you like to call it, Graham, just because a baseball a reporter says that doesn't mean anything. When has anything that Anthopolis has ever been doing behind the scenes ever gotten released. Lips are tight around the Atlanta Braves organization. Sure. Oh, I, I, kept, I kept thinking you wanted to... No, no, out I mean, yeah.
0: It, it, yes, and that's just going off what that guy is saying. It doesn't, and, you know, he's a reporter who knows if he's right or wrong. But I'm just saying, if... if, if let's just say in a hypothetical world, yeah. that's what the deal is.
1: Okay. All right, you want to start there.
0: Let's start there, and then we can say...
1: Why would we be hesitant to give a 32-year-old first baseman a 6-year contract?
0: Yeah, so here's some of the things I would like to say around that. I would say in terms of the guys who have blown up, your Miguel Cabrera's and blown up I mean in a bad way. Prince Fielder, um Albert Pujols. You know, these are guys that all had weight problems, injury problems, um and they were, they were starting to deteriorate or, or decline in their play, particularly Pujols uh, when he signed his deal. Still had a couple of good, productive years with the Angels, but it was nothing like with St. Louis. Freddie has not tapered off at all. He's healthy. He's in the best shape of his life. Um, and he's still at the peak of his powers. So to me, I think it's worth it, particularly with all the revenue that we accrued during this this season and the playoffs. Um To say, you know what, we're probably playing or paying for three to four still really good years from Freddie, and then maybe two subpar years. But that's how I'm looking at it, and I'm obviously very biased. But I think you cannot doubt Freddie Freeman at this stage of his career. Six years is a while, but it's not like ten years. It's not like saying we're playing, you know, have three age forty plus seasons or anything like that. And he he shows no decline in his play. To let him go would just be devastating and I, I can get the arguments of saying oh yeah but what's going to happen later in the I get that but at the same time he's you know everybody talks about trading for Matt Olson. that's not a guaranteed thing you lose Freddie your window could potentially close a lot sooner than, than you like it to maybe that's conjecture but no, those are my thoughts I say pay the man if that's what he wants
1: I agree with pay the man and they certainly screwed up by not getting this done earlier Especially after winning the World Series, and playing his
0: ass off in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, like you signed him last year, and and Liberty Media was making all the excuses about you know COVID. We don't know if revenue is coming back, and then it came back in a huge way. But now you really screwed yourself by not just getting it done last year. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, face of the franchise guy, of course, and he's a big part of that clubhouse culture. I believe that for sure. The only the argument I can make on the other side of things is, um. We won a World Series without Ronald Acuna. We're putting Ronald Acuna back in this lineup now, so that kind of evens out for Freddie, in a way. You can make that argument. You,
0: you can, but are you, you? You know, the guys that had the biggest impact outside of Freddie, guys like Solaire and Rosario, they might not be back. So just, one for one player swap. Doesn't work for me in this scenario. I well, hear that, you That's saying. where we
1: come into this Ozuna conversation as right, well. Right. So we can bring so, that in. You know, if if you're adding Acuna and possibly Ozuna, we we have no idea what's going to happen there yet.
0: He catch up the the users real quick on on what happened there.
1: Yeah. So Marcel Ozuna officially charges were dropped against him. Essentially, where so this was the incident back on your wedding night in May. Right. Where. The police report that we heard was that the police came into his house for a domestic disturbance and uh, police said that they found him choking his wife and like hit her with his cast after police were there. And all we've really heard, we haven't seen the video still, is that the video didn't line up with what that police report was. So that's all we know. I don't want to say too much more about it besides that. But charges has essentially been dropped. I think he's got some community service.
0: He still has to complete this program he's in. And
1: I'm sure having a lot of money and a really good lawyer and then his wife kind of backing down had a lot to do with that. Right. And you could, you know, that's a deeper conversation for a deeper show than Atlanta's own. Right. About why a woman in a domestic violence case, would back down after the fact. Um, All that being said, Major League Baseball retroactively suspended him 20 games, which has already been served in the 2021 season, so he could be eligible to play opening day. Whether or not the Braves organization is going to allow him to play, whether or not they're okay taking that PR hit, but you can look at other instances of domestic violence in the Recent Atlanta Braves history where they did allow guys to play. Big names. Chipper Jones? I don't think Chipper Jones ever hit anybody. There's a history there. I know he's a
0: philanderer, but I don't think he was a domestic abuser.
1: You've heard these Bobby Cox stories?
0: Oh, yeah. Bobby Cox apparently beat Pam up one time, and he's still her- heralded as a hero. Yeah, And Pam has stayed with him, and for all intents and purposes, they're happy. Could have just been a... You know, there's it, no excuse for it, it was that.
1: It was 95, and baseball is... Clamp down on this pretty hard. So
0: I definitely think there has been some progress in terms of actually making people more accountable for their actions to a degree in Major League Baseball. But I don't think it's been like zero policy. I mean, you can get in that whole debate, like you are saying, for a show that's that's more in depth than ours. Um, Rosuna, though, you know, you're, if he comes back, we're on the hook for um, I don't know three more years. 40 million, dollars, well, something like either that. Either way, we're on the hook for that money, Bo. Well, yeah, but if you can trade them, then yeah, you maybe can, you have to eat some of it. I but, bet
1: you'd have to eat a lot of it. Yeah,
0: so then it becomes a whole thing. You have the moral issue. You have the pay. You know, you have the money issue. You also have how does it impact the rest of the roster construction, uh, which directly impacts Freddie Freeman. Um,
1: Baseball-wise, yeah, it's a slam dunk.
0: What, to bring Ozuna back? Yeah. You think he's going to pick up? I mean, he had a shitty season.
1: He he had played, what, a month and a half? Yeah. He was starting to heat up. Maybe. I don't know. Baseball-wise, I don't think you're going to find a... uh, Unless you bring back Rosario Soler. Soler in particular, I would rather have. And Freeman. Yeah, of course. But, you know, it's... Than Ozuna, I'm
0: saying right now, considering... Just from a purely baseball standpoint. He's younger. He's got more... I think he's got a higher ceiling right now than Ozuna does. It's not like Ozuna's But
1: Ozuna already has a contract in place. It is
0: true. From a moral standpoint, I would... You know... Who knows what the story is? I don't like... I don't like shit like that. No one does. And yeah. I don't know. I just feel icky the whole time Yeah, he I was on the team.
1: I certainly lean against it morally. Um, you know, if, if if you get to the point of a domestic disturbance, something's going on. Especially you know. when it's happened multiple times. Multiple times, times
0: yeah. I mean, like you could say with Bobby, there was only that one reported incident, but even still you can't justify that. It's still yeah. horrible. I understand
1: the argument of, well, charges were dropped, so he didn't do anything. But it's like, no, nah, he obviously did something. He's not, you know... Buying her flowers and right, just giving her foot massages all the time, cooking for her, cleaning for her. There's yeah. there's something there's something going something on. bad going on there. Yeah, but uh, you know it's it's in the
0: equation. And then you talk about the clubhouse chemistry, right? Will they like, accept him back? Th- like they then say a freaking word about Azuna when when this happens. So who knows?
1: Well, legally they were very much not able to. True,
0: but no one knows how anyone feels about that. About if they'd welcome welcome him back or not, so that becomes a question too. If you're thinking about how are you building this team,
1: I saw some video posted. uh, It was either a a TikTok or an Instagram, one of the social medias, Mm -hmm. and it was Acuna at what looked like a house party, and in the background, it sure looked like Marcelo Zuna. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, interesting.
0: Well, I guess we'll see what what happens there. But what. Okay, so we talked about if that's the number being asked for now it's all conjecture. So what do we you know what are, what are your, your general thoughts on how far are you willing to go? If, if that number that Heyman reported was accurate, we both agree, just do it. If it's more than that, if Freddie asks for more money than that or more years, then what what are your thoughts there?
1: I mean, there's certainly a tipping point, right. You know, and it's scary because you see teams like the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Blue Jays are all involved. And Dodgers, Freddie has a house in California.
0: They've also lost Scherzer and Seager. So they're looking to blow a lot of money on somebody. Yankees
1: haven't added anyone big yet. Right. So that's certainly scary. Um, I don't know. I think it's a 50-50 toss-up. Man. But, like, you, you don't just give him an infinite amount of money in no. years. You got to be smart. Yeah. Like and, I said, we got talent coming back that wasn't here last year. We could still be a winning ball club. I think our starting rotation is going to be pretty set up, and we know how important that is in the playoffs. So mm-hmm. um, it's going to be an unpopular decision if he's not back.
0: Yeah. And the Braves will only be able to blame themselves if that uh, doesn't happen.
1: But you certainly have. Some goodwill built after winning a freaking World Series.
0: You do, but that some of that gets eradicated because you didn't bring back a guy who means so much to people, and it's not just a mercy signing or a, you know, oh, you know, everybody loves this guy. Let's bring him back. It's like this is one of the best players in baseball, one of the best first baseman in baseball. Actually, not even one of the best. He is the best first baseman in baseball, and and to lose him when he want, you know, if you were to lose him when he wants to come back, um, especially if we found out later, which we may never. Um, if this happens, if we find out that this was the actual deal that he wanted and he didn't get it, it'll be a, a very big disappointment in my eyes. And I won't really even blame Liberty Media as much as I'll I'll blame Anthopolis for not taking for not taking the chance now, for not doing it now, or doing it a little later in uh, in the 2021 season, particularly when the playoffs were going on and all this insane revenue was coming in and thousands of dollars were being charged for World Series tickets and you're not going to bring back one of the all-time greatest Atlanta Braves?
1: I don't know how you can say you blame Anthopolis and not Liberty Media. Liberty
0: Media, I found out a little bit more about Liberty Media, Adam. When Liberty Media acquired the Braves, it was a big stock swap with Warner, uh, Warner Media, or Time Warner, not Warner Media, Time Warner. And the owners all said that Liberty Media, which I didn't know this, could not legally put money into the team from you know other areas because they're a corporation, other areas of, of income. So the only money that the Braves have to work with is the money that they accrue, or that they have from merchandising, ticket sales, vendors, whatever, sponsorships, TV. Okay. So Liberty Media, even though they have billions of dollars, they can't just say, all right, you know that money we're making off of Formula One or whatever. Let's throw it to the, let's throw half of that to the Braves. Well, that makes uh, sense. So it becomes a thing now, where we can't really blame Liberty Media as much as, much as we have done before in the past because we were ignorant to to this information. You can
1: blame McGurk. Yes, you could blame because it's McGurk. a business. He decides how much is devoted to players and whatnot. Sure. Also, we just won a freaking World Series. I'm not going to sit here and get upset about anything.
0: Well, yeah, you can look at it that way too. I'll be very upset if Freddie Freeman is not retained. One, for, you know, I love that guy. And two, he's the best at his position. It'd be a travesty.
1: What if we trade for Olsen and then use that money to re sign Solaire as well, along with like probably another big time star? I mean,
0: that's fine. You got to do what you got to do.
1: And then four months up the road, or whenever baseball starts. We're the best team in baseball.
0: It could happen. Just because you lose Freddie Freeman, if that happens, it doesn't mean that we're screwed, we'll never contend again, the franchise is done. It'll just it'll it'll just leave a really bad taste in the mouth of of I think fans and players on the team as well.
1: That's fair. Let's let's end this conversation. I'd like to be be the last words here, Graham, if that's okay with you.
0: I'm not talking everybody's ear off, please.
1: Look at the history of Alex Anthopoulos' tenure with the Braves. As I already said, you never hear what's actually going on until a deal is done. And B, he doesn't make signing, like the big signing early. You know, look at um, last year with Ozuna. That came in what, March?
0: Yeah, something like that.
1: You know, yeah. I'm, he maybe he wanted to wait for this lockout to do this. Maybe. That's why he just made all the little moves now. I guess. I don't know. He did the same thing with Donaldson. Right. You know?
0: He doesn't have a history of really giving out a large contract to a free agent. The only one he's really done that to is Ozuna.
1: And it backfired.
0: Well, yeah. I would also say Freddie Freeman has a much better track record than Ozuna. But what do I know? Uh, that's that's your Braves uh, discussion. for I think especially for early December, that was a lot, of, a lot of info. A lot of things going on. Would you like to talk about the Atlanta Falcons, Adam? I would, Graham. America's team. Quite possibly the ugliest team in the NFL, I would say. But somehow, like we've talked about, they are in the hunt at 5-6. and six And uh, have a big game with division-leading Tampa Bay this weekend at what is probably the least intimidating home field advantage in the NFL, the great Anus Mercedes-Benz Stadium.
1: I didn't realize that we are still winless at home this year.
0: I thought we won one game.
1: Our one home win was in London. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, I can tell you this, Adam. We didn't do a show last week. as of Thanksgiving. Um, all the preparation and the sanity that was going on for that. But I can talk a little bit about um, this Patriots game real quick. I'm not going to get into the details of the game because we all know we got blown out. It was terrible. But... Man, going to a football game at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium is... I went to the game. It was was very dour. It was disgusting. Um, You know, all the things that we always talk about and that we've experienced were in full force. You had tons of Patriots fans there. You had a lot of Falcons fans who were there who were not into it or making a lot of noise. I tried to make as much noise as I could. There were other people who were also into the game, but it was just like... You look around, there's just thousands and thousands and thousands. And that's not its not hyperbole or, or you know, grandstanding. There are thousands upon thousands of empty seats. And you can also say, well, why would anyone want to come watch the Falcons? They're terrible. And then, yeah, that's fair enough. Um, but it's just depressing, man. It, it, was, it was a rough game. One, was the game sucked. And two, the environment was, was horrible. There were only two times the crowd really got in the game. One was when Freddy the Falcon ran out with a trophy... <laughs> Um, and he was dressed up in a Braves outfit, and it was apparent that he took a trophy from Blooper and also stole Blo- Blooper's uniform. And Blooper runs out naked and uh, chases Freddie for a second and takes the trophy and starts holding up and all this stuff on the, the, big, uh, the big board over the, the halo. stadium. The halo board starts saying, Braves, World Series champions, and everyone starts going, ah! It was very
1: loud. Yeah. I was, I was, I was oh, it like, can't get loud. Okay. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, it can't get loud. And then there was a of noise when AJ Terrell made that brilliant interception. Um, I think in the second quarter, um, but other than that, it was like going to church almost at times.
1: Yeah, it's strange because it. I mean, you say we're terrible, but like we're middle of the road right now, right? Basically, um, we have some terrible games, that's for sure. We've pretty much only beaten other bad opponents. Yeah, could say all that, but it's still an NFL franchise, and uh, you know, you look at a lot of bad teams in the NFL, and they get decent crowds there. Right, Jacksonville. Surprisingly loud at times.
0: It was, and they only won like two games. Yeah, and, and they kept cutting the crowd.
1: And I they feel like get, they're 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 passionate.
0: Maybe they found some shots of you know the stadium where there were a lot of people there uh, when they were showing the crowd. But the crowd was in the game. You but Jacksonville,
1: know, like they have nothing else. Sure. So you got to support that team, Atlanta. Guess we got too much going on right now, which is uh, you know we're not going anywhere. We just built this huge stadium. Right. I'm and, not worried about losing the Falcons, but it, it is an interesting thing that it's in a city of. What are we, like 6 million now? Something like that. You can't fill up, you can't put 60,000 people in there? But at the same time,
0: I mean, how many Falcons games do you and I... You and I, I would consider you and I pretty hardcore Falcons fans. But, you know, we don't go to that many games. I've probably only been to three, probably four games since we've moved to the Mercedes-Benz. I think part of it is is just, you know, the apathy that people feel over the last five, four years or so, ever since that Super Bowl run, and then this team's not great and there's just not a lot going on that makes you really want to watch this this team this year even even with the new coaching staff and the general manager it's still just like whatever it's just falcons fatigue has taken over big time i
1: mean brass tacks, if i could get in the stadium for 20 bucks like back in the day right
0: you go i'm
1: going yeah but yeah well, i'm going to spend you know from getting there tickets drinks food maybe 150 200 bucks yeah. When it's just so easy to watch at home.
0: It is. And I think it's another thing is that it is a lot easier to, to, to watch at home. I think that has taken over a lot of sports. And uh, you, you always want
1: to flip, watch a couple games at the same time.
0: Right. But it's it's also like, I only paid 50, 50 bucks for my seat. So it wasn't bad. We were in the upper deck. But uh, yeah, I mean, those, those ticket prices weren't available until like the day of, you know, when we start seeing the tickets dropping because no one's buying the things.
1: Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Disgusting. Um, Get back to the Falcons team. They actually won against Jacksonville uh, 21-14 last week. It was a horrible game, I would say, to watch. Um, Not entertaining at all. Matt Ryan had another really, I would say, poor performance overall. Um, Even though, you look at the stats, it's not terrible. 19-29, only 190 yards. Um, But we got our savior back at him, Cordarell Patterson. 108 yards on the ground two touchdowns with 16 carries he was dynamic outstanding every time he touched the ball also had two receptions um he won that game damn near single-handedly
1: I mean he he is our offense right now he's our only playmaker basically Pitts is there I don't it's like I think it's just so easy to scheme against Pitts right now that with Ridley being out and you know we saw a little bit from Gage this last week as well, which was good to see. Yeah,
0: Gage should have a decent game, but it was
1: um, Pat Patterson's that man though. I mean, it's you know, it's not a coincidence that we didn't score the last. what well, we had three points in the last two weeks, and Patterson was out most right. of that time. Yeah, and and Mike Davis is just awful. Right,
0: he he is really. I mean, I don't know what the deal is with, with him. He's, I guess he's just. I think it's a combination of he's not great and the offensive line in terms of blocking isn't great. But somehow Jacksonville has they got a good, a run pretty good run defense. Yeah. I think they're top 10 in run defense. And apparently Arthur Smith really sat the guys down this week and was like you got to figure out how to
1: run the fucking ball. He just tired just b- the shit. Bowed them up. Yeah. yeah. No, I think I think there really has been some improvement from the offensive line. And then in this game after I think it was at some point in the first quarter they subbed out Matt Hennessy, the center, and yeah. put in Drew Dahlman, who was the third-round draft pick of this year. I think mm-hmm. um, he's played sparingly, and holes started opening up. So that's very promising.
0: I like to see him start more because yeah, you started to notice, suspect, uh, particularly in the second quarter and on, it was like, oh, okay. Oh, and it, it
1: wasn't just Patterson breaking some runs. Wayne Gallman had a couple runs. Mike Davis averaged maybe four. Uh, he only had
0: 16 the- yards on five carries. Yeah, He had one decent <laughs> run. <laughs> yeah, his longest run of the day was six yards. Yeah, I
1: was like, oh, that's pretty good.
0: Yeah, that's good for him. Yeah, uh, But yeah, it was crazy looking at this offense, even though the passing game wasn't great. Looking at the offense when Patterson is on the field, like in that Patriots game, every single yard we got. And we had a couple of decent drives where we had some... It felt like momentum was starting to shift a little bit to the Falcons and then it just never did. It always petered out. Um, but you just saw how much we miss Patterson. I mean he, he is that dude. He, he, he just he, he took over this game against these two horrible teams. he made it happen and looked just stunning. And he wasn't even 100. he's probably 70 or 80 percent and, and still has a hell of a game. Um, was very he, I mean he was the reason to watch watch that game for sure. Um, and other than that, I mean the defense played decently as well. AJ Terrell continues to just impress me another. Uh, really good game for him. Another fantastic job covering the variety of receivers that the ja- Jaguars have, like uh, Marvin Jones Jr., who's a solid guy. Chenault's okay. Uh, Trebles. Okay. I and mean, they all have like decent, re- they're not great or anything, but it's just another example of it. it. Doesn't matter if AJ Terrell's going up against um, you know your run of the mill uh, receiving core or if he's facing uh, a great receiver in the league. This guy is for real.
1: He can play. I think they, they targeted him like four times. I think and he gave up like four yards, yeah, something like that. I remember like a first down early, yeah, on and a little I think curl that, route, right. And that, and I that, think was that was it. it.
0: And then he uh, deflected another pass. And then all the other targets were uh, yeah, you're right, were incompletions. Um, and he's just locked on whoever he's he's facing. It's, it, it's great to watch. This
1: defense is picking it up though. Like I mean, if you think about it, they actually played pretty damn well in the New England game. Well, all
0: intents and purposes they kept us in that game yeah
1: and like this game quietly Deion jones wasn't in the game uh michael walker stepped into his place and had 12 tackles yeah he led
0: the team in that i mean uh, he was flying all over the field
1: my boy agunda jay the rookie dn he's getting a lot of playing time he had nine tackles this game it's he, like let's yeah, go he like, was maybe... great
0: he also blew up uh, a run uh, uh, uh he blew up james robinson in the backfield for a nice tackle for loss I think it was in the third quarter. I can't remember, but it was a great play. Um, I really liked him. I mean, I remember you kept saying his name. I was like, who the hell is this guy?
1: Aguda J, but- baby. Yeah, there, there's a number of young guys on this team, on the defense especially, that I you know, I'm, I like and I'm excited about. And I think we're, we're building a core. And there is something to be said about the fact that, yeah, we have a ton of holes, but this team does fight. And uh, they're playing for Arthur Smith.
0: Yeah, and it, it's apparent that, the players in this locker room, a lot of them are Many of them are the same players that we had last... I mean, Terrell is, is a Thomas Dimitrov e. draft pick, you know? Um, plenty of the players that we have this year are the same that we had last year, and they respect Arthur Smith a hell of a lot more than they respect Dan Quinn. The effort is there. Even in that horrible Patriots game, that was just a bitch to sit through. I was like, this defense is trying their asses off. They are going out there and doing everything they can to try... And, uh, and win this game.
1: Yeah, trying to keep us in the game. But it was great to see that run game pop. Uh, 150, 149 yards overall. So, I mean, we that's our best hope. If we can play good defense and get the running game going. Who knows? We're going to have to win one game that we're not expected to right. win. Let's look at the schedule, Graham.
0: We got Tampa Bay this week.
1: I'm, you know what? I'd say there's a 25% chance we win this game. You think so? Tampa Bay is, they're not fully the Tampa Bay of last year. I know they've got some injuries, especially on the defensive side, that has really hurt them. Uh, I think Antonio Brown, is he still out? He's out. He's still out. Um, And just the fact that we played with them a little bit in week two. Yeah. When we were awful. Right. You know, and now we've got this, we're looking for our first home win in December. 25% chance we win that game, Graham. 25%.
0: Twenty five percent. Yeah, I like that number. Yeah, um, they also coming off a big win against the Colts. They might be overlooking the Falcons. You never know. But one thing that has to happen is better play from that Ryan. Um, he's going through that phase again where he does not look comfortable in the pocket. Even though he's only been sacked, I think nineteen times this year, he's been hit. Um. Over 55 times, which is most in the league, heading into last week. Yeah,
1: and so much of that sack number being low is just he's getting the his ball. ability to get rid of the ball and maneuver around in the pocket right. or you know? He should,
0: you know, he wants to not be sacked 40 times this year. I think that's like a mission for him because I think that's happened like three of the last— that's happened to him like five or six times in his career, uh, if not more. It's it's just, you know, he's—especially the last five, six years. Brutal, brutal offensive lines in terms of pass protection. Um I hope he can get a little more time in the pocket. It's going to be a, a big thing to ask of this offensive line going up, even though you, you can say, yeah, Tampa Bay isn't maybe the Tampa Bay of last year in, uh, in its entirety. They still have a very fearsome defensive line that can generate a lot of pressure. This, this line will be tested. And God, I would just like Kyle Pitts to come out. I, wish, I know it's easy just to double him now without, um, you know, Ridley being there, but it's like, we, He's got to do something. we got to change up something to get him more involved, even if it's not down the field, even though we're not throwing the ball down the field as much anymore. Is there a way we can set him up for a screen? Is there a way we can get him more involved with the game plan? Six targets, which is what he got last week, is not enough for Kyle Pitts. He needs to be targeted 10 to 12 times a game if we're really going to open up this, this passing game. And the only way to do that right now, I think, is to try and think outside the box in terms of how he's utilized,
1: which I don't think we're doing right now. I do like the fact that when there is a big third down that we need to pick up. Like, he's made some awesome catches. He made that one in this Jacksonville sure. game as well. Uh, but yeah, he's he's really stepping into Julio Jones' shoes in the fact that he has one red zone target in like the last month or something like that. And he only has one touchdown. Something stupid. Like, <laughs> that is Julio Jones all over again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, this, this Calvin Ridley thing is... I mean, we, we've reached the point now... I don't think I ever expect him to play football again. Certainly not this year. It's, uh, yeah, it's mum's the word on Calvin, which is just like, I don't know. It's like, once again, I don't know the situation. We don't know where Calvin's at. Obviously it's a really bad place, but from a strictly business side of things, that sucks. Like we got a lot of money in this guy next year. I think he's, he's like $12 million in the cap hit. And we made these moves assuming he's going to be our number one future wide receiver. Right. Which makes the Kyle Pitts draft selection even bigger
0: in terms of like, you, I mean, obviously you got to find someone else if really can't get his head right. Um, but at least we have somebody we know has a lot of talent and who, we hope can play at a high level, but we don't know at
1: this point. And you can't tell me Kyle Pitts wouldn't be putting up a lot bigger numbers right now if Calvin oh, totally. Ridley were on the field the as well. All the attention you know? is so, on
0: him. And Gage has underwhelmed me this year. I thought he was going to really step up, but that uh, has not been the case.
1: But it all trickles downhill. It's like, if Gage, he should not be a number one wide receiver, and that's what he is right now. So right. the defense is going to focus on him a lot more than if you had Ridley out there, and it's just, it's a mess. It's, it's tough to have a decent... Um, passing game losing your you know now julio and calvin
0: yeah i mean i hope he gets right but yeah like you said i don't know what the heck's going on no one said anything um it seems like he's just out indefinitely every time arthur smith's asked about impressors he says
1: yeah you You remember early in the year when we were watching him like when he was playing it's like this guy ain't
0: right yeah even when he caught that touchdown in london it was just like the way he's running routes. Yeah, he, um, he
1: looked scared. He was scared over the middle, dropping passes, a lot of passes. Right. It was just very
0: uncharacteristic of him. So I hope he's able to come back. But you're right. the last, Next year is his last year of his rookie contract. And I, I, I find it very hard to believe that the Falcons would want to extend him right now. And I don't think Terry Fontenot would, would even think about doing that. If he comes back next year, or near the end of this year, through next year, and he starts balling out like we know he can, and, and he has in the past, then that becomes a different conversation. Right now, things are bleak in terms of uh, Calvin Ridley's future With the Falcons. More importantly, we hope that, you know, he gets the help he needs and is able to, uh, you know, live a happy and fulfilling life. But for our purposes, selfishly, I guess as fans, we want him on the field to perform, and we hope that he can do that one day because he's a hell of a player. And, uh, yeah, we hope he comes back.
1: Back to the schedule, Graham. So we got Tampa Bay, 25% chance of us winning. Um, But then there's three games I think we should absolutely win big disappointment if we don't at Carolina week 14 mm-hmm. versus Detroit should week win that. 16 and versus the Saints so week, it's three more games week 18 so that, that should be th- at least three wins in yeah. my eyes and then you need to hopefully win one against either Tampa Bay at San Francisco and let's just rule out winning at the Buffalo Bills on January 2nd that ain't gonna happen so you need to sneak a surprise win out of the, the Bucks or the 49ers right. to have a chance. And
0: who knows, you know, I mean, I imagine if we got into the playoffs we'd just get our butts kicked, but it would be fun to go back to the playoffs. It'd be, I think it would be a good building block for uh, Arthur Smith and his staff. And also, if you somehow got this bunch to the playoffs with how inconsistent and maddening it's been all over the field, even though I know the defense at least is getting better in quarter-all pass, and that's been, you know, just a blessing. Uh, it would be an unbelievable accomplishment to do that, even with the extra spot.
1: How good is that win that we got over the Dolphins looking now?
0: Uh, Dolphins the Dolphins it. are kicking ass. Yeah. They won four in a row. They yeah. figured something out since they played us.
1: So we got, but th- there's still like <clears throat> the disappointing losses. Um, Washington football team that was the worst to me. Mm-hmm. Carolina that was really brutal, but that was the game where Ridley opted out like an hour before the game. Yeah. Besides that, I mean, th- those are the only two games we really should have won. Mm-hmm. So, all in all, Graham, I'm happy with where we're at.
0: Yeah. I mean, like we said, we want an improvement. We know that's been frustrating for um, a, a many reasons, and that these games aren't really that fun to watch. But we are we are seeing, I think Arthur Smith coach decently enough, and uh, we're seeing progression from some guys. I, I mean AJ Terrell. Like we, I mean we've beaten his name to the ground. But some the stat. I mean he was fine last year but the, the staff has awakened something in him we, we always profiled to be a, a really good player but i mean i am just blown away by his by his coverage ability and agunda J, um you know he's still got great jared doing well out there uh, michael walker uh it's, it's fantastic especially when i heard we lost deon jones coming into this game i was very concerned because james robinson's a, a pretty damn good running back for jacksonville we didn't miss him at all uh, last week I'm not to say we won't miss him later, but at least for one game we didn't miss him. and that 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 showed good coaching to me and good play by by particularly Walker.
1: Also the the rookie cornerback uh, Darren Hall, he's been yeah. getting a lot more playing time he's recently. Been solid, yeah. He the boy can tackle. Like, yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean it's great that they're getting this playing time and you know kind of seeing what a playoff push looks like at least. Right. So uh, yeah, we'll see.
0: Yep. All right, Adam time to take a little break with a word from our friends from DraftKings.
1: Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. But with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple.
0: So guys, if Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can still play for huge cash prizes all season long with daily fantasy sports contests from DraftKings. If NFL isn't your your thing, they got NBA, MMA, golf, eSports. Anything you can think of that resembles a sport is available to play on DraftKings and have fun with. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit.
1: So, Graham, here's what you got to do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score. With promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting part of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum five dollar deposit. One dollar wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Question mark. Call one eight hundred GAMBLER. All
0: right, Adam. Let's talk some Atlanta Hawks. America's team. Every all Atlanta sports teams are America's team. The Braves were definitely America's team during the World Series. The Falcons are America's team for no reason, and uh, the Hawks. People, I think people like the Hawks, unless you're a Knicks fan.
1: Yeah, I mean, after after our run last year, uh, we perked a lot of people up.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Hawks are playing a lot better, Adam. We're on a big winning streak that finally came to an end, unfortunately, against the Knicks. Uh, 99-90 loss. As we're recording this, we're currently playing the Pacers. Um, Team looks a lot better. Unfortunately, there has been some literal bumps and bruises along the way. We have lost Bogey. And we have lost Rennish. I think Bogey's going to be out for uh, a good long while. Seems like he's going to be reevaluated another two weeks, and uh, not sure what the status is on how long Reddish is going to be out. Those are two big losses, uh, on top of the loss, of course, of DeAndre Hunter, who's got another five or six
1: weeks before. He always injured DeAndre Hunter. It's
0: it's crazy, man. Uh, once again, Kevin Hurd is going to have to going to have to step up. But I I am still very encouraged by what I'm seeing from the Hawks, particularly Adam uh, Trey Young is doing something that he's expanding his game off and it's not from the defensive side yet, but offensively really expanding his game. I was watching the the game against Memphis where we crushed him. It was like, we were up like 96 56 and at this point in the game, but we beat him by like 33 points. Absolutely slaughtered them. It was great. The whole, the whole game was just offensive domination from the Hawks. Good, good defense as well. But I saw, you know, there's a couple plays Trey was going down the court and you know, We all know how great he is at the lob, at the floater. He's always keeping uh, defenses off balance with that. But the thing that really blew my mind was he was doing things uh, where he was taking shots from the mid-range. You know, he's either taking those huge threes or he's driving the hole. There's really no in-between with him, seemingly. He's not not a guy known for his mid-range jumper. But he was doing things, faking guys out. It was like two or three plays consecutively where he scored. Uh, where he was doing this, you know, he was faking out guys, pump faking, and then pulling back and taking these little fadeaway mid-range jumpers and creating a shot like that. And I was like, damn, I've never really seen this from Trey. And I was like, it seems like he's been doing stuff like that a little more recently this year. Um, and here's a really great stat that sort of explains what's going on here. Or not really explains why he's doing this, but showing that he has expanded his offensive game. So, apparently, Trey is taking a career-high 17% of his shots from the long mid-range, and he's making them at a 53% clip, which is fantastic um, to be making a mid- mid-range jumpers 53% of the time. Trey's also shooting about 49% from the field in general and shooting 41% from three-point range, which is the best he's wow. ever done. Yeah. So, I think he's becoming an even more complete offensive player and even a, a bigger problem for NBA defenses to have to contain because now... He's getting more accurate from three. He's expanded his mid-range game. and He can still do all the things that he could do before.
1: Well, I guess he really needed to evolve into this um, sort of mid-range shooter that you're talking about here because his, you know, with the new rules that are in place that have, you know, they've kind of changed how they're calling fouls on him and whatnot. So he's gone from the past two years, in 2019, 2020, he was taking 9.3 free throws a game last year 8.7 and now that's down to 5.7 so he's got to make that scoring up somewhere right
0: and man he's doing it in spades hawks hawks look good i think they're getting their stuff together um and once again capella is playing really well recently john collins is consistent as they come uh he, i mean he, he's turned into just a really he's always been a very good player but i think he's taking his game to the next level in terms of his consistency improving his three-point shooting um, over last year, and uh, defense as well. I think he's just getting incrementally better across the board and providing really nice stability for that front court. Uh, with with Capella now finally getting back into game shape, um, but yeah, I, I mean, I think the Hawks are in a good spot. They just need to keep doing what they're doing. I'm really interested to see how this team plays with these two losses of of, of these players that have um, that are really important to us, particularly Bogdanovich, and then see how they play and how they attack really good teams again because they've gone through a, a stretch where they haven't been playing as as good teams as they were when they went on that big losing streak. Now they, they play, you know, those lesser teams like Oklahoma City, San Antonio, etc cetera, take care of business, Memphis. Now let's see what happens when we start playing better teams. We saw we kind of got a little bit of a taste of that when Bogey and uh Reddish went out during that Knicks game. Trey was kind of keeping us in that game single handedly. And unfortunately, we came up a little short. So I'm, I'm interested to see how, how we perform moving forward, particularly against playoff caliber teams.
1: And this is why they always say, Graham, you can't have too much depth. So, this ridiculous depth that we're talking about coming into this year right. it's already, It's already getting <laughs> tested. Uh, good news is, I think Okongwu is supposed to come back at some point in December. Don't, yes. don't forget about my boy, Onyeka Okongwu. Right. And, um, you know, I hope Jalen, I would like to see Jalen Johnson get some play. During these injury minutes, but I guess, you know, he's must not be ready. I think he's still getting most of his playing time down in
0: college park. I'd say him and Cooper, you know, still keep getting groomed, you know. Still uh until we
1: absolutely need until them. We absolutely
0: need them. Yeah. Now if Herter goes down, God forbid, or Lou Will goes down or Trey or somebody then maybe you think about that. But uh I still I still think they should they should uh keep keep getting the season down there. Um, I'm really looking forward to the Philly game on Friday which we will probably miss as we're going on Atlanta's zone retreat this weekend um, but I'm interested to see how that game uh, plays out Philly absolutely just slobber knocked us when we played them earlier in the year it was a beat down it was uh, pure revenge on their end so I want to see how we play against them I think that's going to be a nice a good litmus test where this team is because um, we've seen sort of both sides of the coin we saw you know Horrible against really good teams. Good against mediocre to bad teams. What is this team? We don't know yet. All the pieces are in place, even though we have the injuries to be a, still be a good team. But we got to see that um, really come out on the court against quality teams. Like I've been saying. Well, Adam, I think that uh, wraps this episode of Atlanta Zone up. Unless you got anything else you want to say to the to the users.
1: I think I'm uh, fresh out of things to say, Graham. Impossible. We we covered
0: it all. You talk too much on this podcast. It was ridiculous. Oh, yeah.
1: Sorry about that, yeah. Graham. <laughs> Apologies, as always.
0: All right. We want to thank you guys for listening. We hope you're doing well and had a uh, wonderful Thanksgiving. We will see you next week. Until then, rise up, chop on, unite and conquer, and remain true to Atlanta. Hospitominus it.
1: Hospitominus it.